0: So we know that one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. We know that almost three thousand men in our country will be diagnosed with breast cancer. And our our goal
1: is to put ourselves out of business by curing this disease. Back in 2021, I noticed there was a lump in my breast and went to my physician and went through the diagnosis process and initial X-rays, mammogram from mammogram um, to ultrasound, and then obviously um, taking a sample of the tissue and, and doing a biopsy on the tissue itself and, and receiving my diagnosis. And-
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders in our community. Tyler Pegel is joining us with Susan G. Komen, along with breast cancer survivor Rob Headquist, not only to talk about the upcoming walk and fundraiser, but giving us tips and insight into male breast cancer. Tyler, welcome.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Lori. I appreciate it.
2: Why don't we just hit the road running? Tell us about Susan G. Komen and what's going on.
0: Yeah, Susan G. Komen, we are the the world's largest breast cancer funding organization, of course, outside of the federal government. We partner with the breast cancer community as we move towards our vision of a world without breast cancer. And we're excited to come together as a community in Seattle on the 23rd of September. And we are going to walk on that day towards a world without breast cancer.
2: And so when you say walk, what's that look like? Is it a whole day? Is it a three-day? What kind of event is this?
0: That's a great question. We will be (laughs) at the Woodland Park Zoo on September 23rd. It's a little bit of both. It, It is the entire day as we come together as a breast cancer community. While the gate opens and check-in starts at 9:30, we'll have a morning festival for about an hour and a half where participants can interact with our sponsors, some vendors, learn more about what Komen is doing to push the needle forward. Uh, we'll have an incredible closing ceremony where we'll hear from breast cancer survivors, uh, learn more again about what Komen is doing. After that closing ceremony, we'll have a super beautiful time where we invite breast cancer survivors and a guest to a Thriver and survivor carousel ride on the historic carousel that is at the Woodland Park Zoo. And then... There's more. Our favorite part is that after our festivities, we invite Komen participants to stay and enjoy a day at the zoo free of charge as our gift back to them for all that they do. So some people will stay for for two hours and some people will stay until the zoo kicks them out and, and we wouldn't have it any other way. This is our annual event, our annual fundraiser. This is the first time that we will be back in person since 2019. We are so excited to bring it back. It is at a new venue with this new model, which we're super excited for. But we know that uh, during the pandemic, too many breast cancer patients had to do this alone. And without the support system uh, that Komen can offer, part of that is this event to bring the community back together and walk towards a cure for breast cancer.
2: If somebody is listening and saying, I've got to partake in that, what do they do?
0: Registering for our event is free. It can be done at Komen.org backslash Seattle Walk. Anyone two years of age or older just needs to to simply register on there. It'll take a couple minutes. And after they register, then we encourage folks to raise awareness and funds on our behalf.
2: There's a couple things I want to cover, and I know that we're going to have a guest on, but that breast cancer awareness isn't just about women.
0: Yeah, breast cancer does not, does not discriminate. Whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you vote blue, whether you vote red, whether you live in the country or deep in the city, breast cancer touches each and every part of society. And, and our job as Komen is is making sure that everyone gets screened as as appropriate for their risk factors and for their age, and if needed, that they seek treatment and stay in treatment. So we know that one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. We know that almost 3,000 men in our country will be diagnosed with breast cancer, And our our goal is to put ourselves out of business by curing this disease.
2: You had said at the event, you're going to be talking about what Susan G. Komen is up to.
0: Yeah, while we haven't been in person in the community these last few years, we've still been active and working with the breast cancer community. This last year, we were able to give more than $340,000 to more than 600 breast cancer patients in the Pacific Northwest. That tangible aid directly to them. So in the midst of their treatment, in the midst of their journey, they don't have to pick between rent or treatment or how to get to the hospital or how to get to the grocery store. And so we're very proud of that fact that need continues to grow each and every month. Uh, We hear from more and more breast cancer patients, which is why the fundraising portion of this event is so important because we know That money is going to make a difference in this fight. That money is going to be uh, given to breast cancer patients to eliminate that obstacle in a small way. We know that money is going to push research forward that is needed so desperately. Komen has given $1.1 yes, billion with a B, towards research, and we know that we need more of that. And so that's what we're going to keep doing. Uh, That's what we have been doing for 40-plus years, and we'll keep doing again until we put ourselves out of business.
2: And so this annual fundraiser if people can come, it would be an awesome event. But if not, how can they donate anyway?
0: Yes, we would love for everyone to come. But we know the summer is winding down in the beautiful Pacific Northwest and, and schedules are busy. Uh, they can join us virtually, Komen.org backslash Seattle Walk. They can join as a virtual participant that allows them to raise funds and awareness on our behalf, or they can visit, again, Komen.org backslash Seattle Walk and simply make a donation in support of of this cause that touches so many in the Seattle area.
2: I think something you mentioned that people... If they haven't been touched by cancer, which actually most people have been touched by cancer.
0: It's hard to find someone at this day and age who has not been touched by cancer, let alone breast cancer, which which we know is, is far too prevalent, like we talked about, anywhere and everywhere. And we, we do not want that to be a reality any longer.
2: Problem is, what we don't think about is they go in for treatment, they're having to miss work, maybe they have to ride a ferry, maybe they have transportation or babysitting issues. The fact that you support them in that way so that they can get the help they need is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. The the breast cancer journey, the cancer journey in general is, is full of, of obstacles, whether it's interactions with insurance companies or the financial burden that is placed upon patients. We give them tangible aid. Yes. And we also have a patient navigation hotline. If anyone is listening that is a breast cancer patient or knows a breast cancer patient, 1877 go Komen Uh, You'll be directly connected with a patient navigator who can can help you maneuver some of those obstacles that you just mentioned, Lori.
2: That is so good to know because that's the other thing. I have a friend who is a cancer advocate and he says when people get a diagnosis, they don't know what to do. They don't know the next step and they don't actually know that there's help. So to know that you get a diagnosis and you're sent home, okay, go home, talk to the family. It's like knowing that other people have gone through it, that there is support, there is information, pretty crucial, I think, when when you get something that's so devastating.
0: Yes, absolutely. And we live in a world with Google and, and all these things, but so much information oftentimes isn't super helpful. And so with breast cancer patients, I'll keep saying the number one eight seven seven 877 go comen that information will be streamlined and presented in a way that can be used and, and applicable to their situation. They'll be connected directly with the patient navigator who will then continue on with them throughout their journey, hopefully many, many years into survivorship.
2: What brought you to this work?
0: That's a great question. I've been touched by breast cancer. My my grandma is a breast cancer survivor. Actually, the team that I'm fundraising on behalf of is Shirley We Will Beat Breast Cancer because my grandma's name is Shirley. And she's had many years of survivorship. And then just this, uh, about 18 months ago, I had a daughter who was born. Looking at my daughter and looking at my grandma, I'm so thankful that my grandma had the time to meet her great-granddaughter. And at the same time, I never want my daughter, Logan, to have to deal with breast cancer. And so those two, every time I come to this office, and of course, the many, many, many wonderful people that I get to meet, uh, I sit down and I get to work knowing that this work makes it a, a big difference.
2: I love that. What is it that you really want people to know?
0: What do people need to know about breast cancer? One is that we are closer to a cure today than we were yesterday, but we're not close enough. With October coming up, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, money continues to need to be raised. Awareness needs to be shouted from the mountaintops so that we can continue to move closer to Akir. and we'll get there and with everyone's help we'll get there sooner rather than later.
2: So again, if somebody wants to register, what's the where do they go?
0: If you want to register for the walk, Komen.org backslash Seattle walk. Registration for our event is free. Again, if you can't make it, we would love your support and a donation to our vision of a world without breast cancer. Komen.org backslash Seattle Walk.
2: You know, we've heard of Susan G. Coman for so many years. I don't know how long you've been around.
0: This will be our 41st year in, in operation. Yep. Awesome.
2: I often think people maybe don't really know what you do, like you raise funds for research, you raise funds to help patients. Is there anything else? Do you have an education?
0: Yeah, I would say it's a 360 degree approach to to breast cancer, to curing breast cancer. And so that first one is research. That second one is care, tangible aid into the hands of our breast cancer patients. Community is another pillar of what we do, bringing folks together, which is what we'll be doing on September 23rd. And then one of our last elements of that 360 degree approach is action. Taking action at the local government level, at the federal government level, uh, to fund and make uh, changes to law that will benefit the breast cancer community. And we had two tremendous wins when it comes to screening and diagnostic imaging for people who are being screened for breast cancer in both Washington and Oregon at the legislative level this year. Uh, both houses and then governors signed the bill. So those conversations that were, that are taking place through our action make a huge, huge, huge difference in the, in the lives of, of those who have been diagnosed with breast cancer and, and who will be diagnosed with breast cancer.
2: Well, Tyler, thank you so much. And I wish you the biggest success. I hope this is your best year ever not only financially, but also just like you said, community that people can come together and know they're not alone.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Lori. And we'd love to see everyone out there September 23rd at the Woodland Park Zoo.
2: Rob Hedquist is with us. He is a cancer survivor. Rob, it's so good to have you here.
1: Lori, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your program.
2: Well, we're looking forward to hearing your story because it's a little unusual. So do you want to just jump right in?
1: Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. You know, as it relates to my diagnosis, let me back it up a little bit if that would be okay, because I think it's an important piece to at least to my story, because um, like many families come across breast cancer for a number of members of their family either gene related issues and or environmental conditions so my story really starts back probably all the way back to the mid 70s. My grandmother was diagnosed with lung cancer back in the early 70s. As I get through it, the, the, the story, it'll make more sense, but I'm not so sure that that wasn't a manifestation of, of breast cancer, at least for my grandmother on my mother's side. So my maternal grandmother. Then in 1988, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, went through a significant amount of, of treatment, both surgically and from a chemotherapy drug st- standpoint. And then was pretty much given the all clear and seen as a cancer survivor for a number of years. And then, unfortunately, in 95, it came raging back and took her in 96. That was kind of the start of my story as it relates to the effects of at least breast cancer in in my family. And then subsequently, a number of years later, back in 2008, one of my sisters developed breast cancer. And then shortly thereafter, about another two years after that, my other sister developed breast cancer. Cancer. There's a strong family tie. So back in 2021, I noticed that there was a lump in my breast and went to my physician and went through the diagnosis process and initial x-rays mammogram, from mammogram um, to ultrasound, and then obviously um, taking a sample of the tissue and, and doing a biopsy on the tissue itself and and receiving my diagnosis. And I was a bit surprised as, as uh, being a male and being diagnosed with breast cancer, because typically it's not something that men think a lot about. At least it's not something that I thought a lot about. I certainly didn't have any misgivings that I couldn't be subject to cancer, but I was certainly surprised when I got the diagnosis of of, of breast cancer. And so, yeah, so that's a little bit about my story. From there, I uh, I had surgery, and I had uh, I had a bilateral mastectomy, and electively had uh, the the cancer. My breast cancer was diagnosed in my left breast, and I electively had my right breast removed as well. And then I went through six rounds of. Uh, of uh, TC chemotherapy in order to make sure that we got everything. Had the all clear since back in 22.
2: Wow. Thank you for sharing that story as you were talking. What occurred to me was we often hear about getting screenings and especially women getting mammograms, but, but I've never heard, hey, men, go get a mammogram.
1: I had never heard of that before either, Lori. And, you know, I have such a deeper appreciation for what women have to go through as it relates to ma- to mammograms and the, the entire process as it relates to um, breast cancer screening for women that I had no idea of the extent until obviously I became a patient. And had to experience it myself. And male breast cancer is fairly rare. You know, when you take a look at the statistics, it's less than 1% of those diagnosed with breast cancer are of the male gender. You don't often run into it. And as a result, you know, there's a lot of disparity as it relates to treatments and interventions. And most of the treatments and interventions are actually what have been tried and true for for females in the long run. And, you know, there's a lot of disparities that relates to breast cancer and not only men, but also in other races as well. And so I think we need to, you know, it's one of the gaps we need to continue to close in order to be able to provide the best type of treatments and treatment options for for patients out there because it doesn't only affect the patient, but it actually affects their entire family. The interesting thing, at least on my side, Lori, is that I've got no identifiable genes that, that are associated with breast cancer at all. In fact, no identifiable genes at all in any typical uh, cancer diagnosis. and You know, it's not gene related, at least on my side. And, and I know that's not the case for everybody out there, but certainly in my case, it is.
2: So I'm curious how you found Susan G. Komen and how they supported you in your journey.
1: I had been aware of Susan G. Komen and the impact that they had had in the breast cancer community for a number of years just due to my, the family history as, as it relates to it. I had never really been actively involved in Susan, Susan G. Komen. Earlier this year, a good friend and colleague of mine Um, had posted on LinkedIn with regards to their involvement. And I saw that and I said, wow, maybe this is something that I need to be involved in and do what I can to get the word out, at least to men, with regards to the fact that we're not immune, that we are susceptible and bring in hopefully a deeper understanding um, as it relates from at least from a male perspective. I certainly have no experience with the female perspective around it and don't, don't claim that I do. I do from a male perspective, it's important to to help get the word out. So I was introduced to Tyler and Jennifer, and we had a great conversation and felt like it was a great cause to be involved in.
2: You found them after your
1: journey. I did find them after my journey, Lori. You know, I think it's really interesting, you know, at least for me when I got my, I got, I received my diagnosis, you know, I, I got really head down into like the research and what do I need to be doing and which path do I need to go? And I had great support from my medical staff and my, you know, the medical team that worked on me. And But a lot of my time and effort was really spent around that and then obviously spent trying to. You know, fight the disease. Being active was Susan G. Coma during that time frame. I don't know how active i could have been because it was just a matter of trying to figure out how do I put one day in front of another, like many of the patients and and compared to some of the patients out there, Laurie, I mean I, I mean I had it really easy. There's a lot of patients that suffer from much greater effects of of treatment, the effects of the disease, and are still fighting the disease in much later stages than I had to fight the disease. When you're in the midst of the fight, sometimes you don't always find all the resources that are out there and available. And I think that that's one of the things that as Susan G. Komen has continued to make inroads into not only the marketplace and increasing awareness, but as they increase awareness, then, then obviously It becomes much more of a situation where patients and or caregivers can understand that there's additional resources that are out there and available to them.
2: Do you find now that you're involved with them that the resources might be a little different for men than women?
1: I think we did need to do some additional work in getting resources available for men. I think we need to, one, increase the awareness and two, uh, increase the resources, small thing to go through and it's something women have battled for a lot of years as it relates to some of the gender disparity as it relates in the marketplace especially in the medical side it's gotten much better but all the materials that I were all female based materials as I was going you know going through some of the materials it was hard for me to be able to relate to them or, or correlate with them and when you take a look at things that may be available out there to that aid for example how are you going to support the uh, drainage pumps that the, they attach into after surgery. You know, there's a lot of great resources for for women out there, but they don't always necessarily correspond to to the male gender. And there's a lot of work that needs to be continued to be done. And even on the research side, there's some great research that's that's taking place on on male breast cancer but we need to really do more work in that because we also know diseases while diseases are the same they treat different ethnicities and they treat different genders they treat it differently and and what may work well for women may not work so well for men there's a lot of work that still needs to be done
2: yeah when tyler and i were talking (laughs) he mentioned two things one is yeah we're doing a great job but there is more we need more and that's why we're raising money absolutely can yeah. get these more resources but also i think resources is kind of a, a big word so somebody listening maybe is going through it what what does a resource look like well it
1: can be de- depending on the individual it could be financial support. Cancer takes a tremendous toll on people's finances when you take a look at what's required from a copay perspective and, and what may be required from an insurance perspective. And if somebody isn't fortunate enough to have great healthcare insurance, then their financial resources can be really, really tapped out. So it can start... All the way from finances, all the way to patient educational or caregiver informational information that's relevant in the marketplace. It can go all the way to help with prescriptions as, as may be needed for, for patients as well. So there's a whole, I think, range of different ways we could define resources.
2: What is it that you really want people to know?
1: What I'd like people to know is breast cancer doesn't care whether you're white or you're black or you're brown or you're male or you're female. It just doesn't care. You have to be vigilant. My message to men out there is to be vigilant. Be vigilant around the fact that you are susceptible. It can get you just like it can get your wife or it can get your partner or it can get your, your daughter or your mother or your grandmother.
2: One of the things you said is you didn't have any of the indicators. What would be good for a man to do to be screened or tested?
1: I'm a long distance runner and anybody that runs is familiar with the need to take care of like your your breasts when you're running because things get chafed. For me, what happened was, you know, I began to feel chafing on my breasts and on my nipple. And so that's what prompted me to actually reach in one night when I was watching TV to just kind of feel why the chafing was there. And that's when I discovered the lump. You know, self-exam can be beneficial and is is one of the best ways to, to at least get some early detection. And if you do feel a lump, then get with your physician, get with your primary care provider and have it investigated. Don't wait.
2: And do you have criteria of how often for men to do that?
1: I don't have a criteria, Lori. I, I, I don't even know. And this is where I think resources are helpful. It's like, what is the criteria for men for self-examination? Should they be doing self-examinations? How often should they be doing self-examinations?
2: Tyler, do you have anything to say about that?
1: It's a great question. And Rob hit it spot on. More
0: resources are needed. And I'll piggyback up what what Rob said is just to be in tune with with your body. A little less than 3,000 men will be diagnosed with, with breast cancer, making it a fairly rare cancer. But if men can be proactive and be in tune with how they're feeling, and when something is off, say something. And, and we saw this, Lori, a lot during COVID. If breast cancer can be screened and caught very early on, it can be it can be treated fairly effectively, as as Rob's story is, thankfully. But when men and women wait to get screened for breast cancer, when they feel something or, or they feel something off in their body, that's when it can become advanced. The likelihood of being cured of it is becomes less and less. Be proactive if if you feel something in the breast region or just off. Make make that call. Make that call to the doctor and and. And make that appointment.
1: I just want to thank you for helping to get the get the word out and helping to educate. You know, education is, is so critical in this area. And the, the more people that are out there trying to help to get the word out and educate individuals with regards to what may be happening and what they may be able to do is so important to the cause and so important as Tyler mentioned to that early detection, especially with men. When I felt the lump in my, my breast, it was like, huh, this is. This is weird. I wonder what I wonder what this is. It didn't really strike me that it could actually be breast cancer and st- until I started started to think about it a little bit, and then I was like, hmm, maybe I should get this checked out. Glad that I did, and glad that I didn't wait because my initial instinct was, no, let me wait a little bit and just see how that develops over time. And that's not the approach we want to take.
2: As a man, that wouldn't be your first thought. It's not
1: your first thought. It really isn't.
2: Right. And another thing we tend to see sometimes with men, not to be like too general, is, oh, we'll give it time or I'll get over it. But that taking action is really important. And I'm really glad you did. And I'm glad you're here and that you got it taken care of.
1: Well, thank you so much, Lori. I really appreciate appreciate the opportunity to chat with you.
2: And Tyler, why don't you just tell us again about the walk?
1: Yeah, thanks, Lori.
0: Come join Rob and I and, and many in the Seattle Breast Cancer Community on Saturday, September 23rd at the Woodland Park Zoo, uh, Komen.org backslash Seattle Walk. Registration is free. We invite you to to raise awareness as we talked about today. We, we of course, invite you to raise funds. And then after Komen festivities, uh, stick around, enjoy a day at the zoo as our gift back to the breast cancer community for all that they do to push us towards a world without breast cancer.
2: Tyler, Rob, thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people who are making a difference.